We like to use a lot of excuses with our habits, right? (laughs) We know what we should be doing, but we can get really good at talking ourselves out of it. So today, I want to reveal our negotiation tactics, those ways that we self-sabotage our efforts and ultimately how we give in to lame excuses, which inevitably leads to skipping the habits that we know are so important for us. I am going to help you make certain really important self-care habits absolutely non-negotiable in your mind so that you'll follow through with them and start feeling your absolute best. Here we go. Welcome to the Strong Mamas Podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Hey friend, welcome back to the Strong Mamas podcast. Last week was so fun. Hopefully you had fun with Scott and I. We were celebrating our 100th episode, if you can believe it. Scott and I were kind of all over the map, but we had an awesome time answering a bunch of your excellent questions. So if you missed that episode, for whatever reason, be sure to go back and cue that one up. You're gonna wanna listen to it. So today I'm flying solo. But that's okay, because I want to chat with you about something that's super important for you. If we can get your attitude about eating and exercise to change in the way I'm going to be explaining about today, it's going to make all the difference in the world. Believe me, you've got to trust me when I say that, okay? And I just want to set this up with another story about my 10-year-old Calvin. Yes, he comes up a lot in these episodes because he is a super big personality. He is, he's just intense on all fronts. I remember just from the moment he was born, even as I was in labor with him, he was intense. He was spinning around. He came out upside down and backwards. He's just, that's how he lives his life. And if you're into the Enneagram personality typing, you might be, you might not be, but If you know anything about it, I'm pretty sure that my son Calvin, he's probably a number eight with a wing seven or maybe a number seven with a wing eight. And if you know anything about that, it's just a very fun and excitement loving, but very challenger typing personality. I always say that he can start an argument in an empty room. He can walk in and just begin arguing. (laughs) When he wakes up in the morning, it is like full speed ahead. We always laugh that he's just shot out of a cannon. There is no wake up period for him. Versus Peter, my younger son, he's my calmer guy. And he usually needs a little bit of that cuddle time in that first few minutes in the morning to kind of get to wake up. And Calvin just bursts through his bedroom door every morning looking for a challenge. And he will create it with everyone in the house until we are all going mad. And one thing he is extremely good at is negotiating. Very good at negotiating. When he asks me for something, he he doesn't ask first. He ponders the best way to ask, and then he will line up his list of persuasive arguments. For example, 
The other night he wanted ice cream. And instead of asking straight out for the ice cream, like most kids do, like, hey, mom, can I have some ice cream after dinner? Instead of doing that, he said things like, mom, I made sure to not have any treats today just in case we'd have a chance to have some ice cream tonight. Like, he's a little passive-aggressive like that, but hyper-persuasive, right? And sometimes if my answer is no, or maybe it's a maybe, he'll he'll keep dancing around it a little bit more. And he'll ask me what, hey, mom, what's your favorite kind of ice cream? Or maybe he'll notice how he loves. He loves it when certain shows that we watch together make him think of a treat that we had that one time. Like, mom, do you remember when we went out to ice cream that one time when we watched that one show and we brought it back? And it, it's it's an art form, really. And if the answer is becoming a firmer, no, he will really start to dig in and negotiate. And he'll get more direct. He'll say, well, what about if I do the dishes for you? Or what if I scooped it so you didn't have to get up and you wouldn't have to do anything? Okay, well, maybe how about tomorrow then? Can you promise me that we'll have it tomorrow? <laughs> And usually I get so fed up and lose all grace and patience with him saying, Calvin, this is not up for debate. I am done negotiating with you. The answer is no. And a lot of us are like this too. Maybe not quite so obviously pushy like he is. He needs to learn a little bit of nuance, but... We all use negotiation tactics, especially with our workouts, our nutrition, and our self-care in general. So today, I just want to reveal (laughs) those negotiation tactics that we have, the ways that we self-sabotage our efforts, and ultimately how we end up giving into lame excuses, right? Which inevitably leads to skipping those habits that we know are so important for us. So let's dive in. What is negotiation? What is negotiating anyway? Negotiation means to make a deal or a bargain. It's arriving at an agreement after some sort of discussion. So there's a discussion that usually takes place, maybe a series of arguments, and then a deal is struck, right? If you think about the negotiation process with my son, Calvin, it's like, all right, there's a series of arguments and a discussion, and then usually, a hopefully on his end, a deal is somehow struck. And most often for us, this discussion is purely internal. It's, it's happening inside of our own heads. No one else is involved. And here's how this might play out with your healthy habits. You might think, hey, I have a workout on my schedule today. But I just didn't sleep well last night, so I just don't have the energy for it. I think I'll just push it back until tomorrow. Or maybe that internal negotiation is, I know I need to make the effort to get both the protein and produce in my lunch today, like Megan always suggests. The only protein I have right now is a can of chicken, and it just doesn't sound very good. And man, that feels like kind of a lot of work. So I'm sure it's not a big deal if I skip the protein just this time. I mean, I'm still getting the produce at least, right? And that's kind of how those internal discussions happen. We have them every day, right? I think sometimes we even pull others into our negotiation process if the deal maybe can't be made on our own. Maybe we're kind of on the fence. We're like, I kind of want to negotiate this, but I need a little help tipping me over the edge. And here's how this might play out with your healthy habits. Maybe you think, 
I know I need to go to bed earlier, but I'd really rather watch another episode of this show. I'll just see if my husband is up for another episode too. And if he is, that'll, that'll seal the deal. I guess we'll both just stay up together. Come on. I mean, you've totally thought that, right? Or maybe how about this? Like on the nutrition front, you're out at a restaurant with a friend and you're thinking, I know what I should order, even though I really don't want to because here at this restaurant I absolutely love their French dip sandwiches here. I'll just see what my friend orders because I know she loves it too and if she gets it I'll I'll go ahead and get it too. You know we have this like bargaining chip. We find ourselves bargaining in our minds and we we leave the um we kind of leave the choice up to someone else. We kind of put it on someone else's table. And usually we, we refer to our negotiation process as just using excuses, right? We say that all the time. Oh, I just have so many excuses. But really what we're doing is we're negotiating with ourselves and we're striking a deal based on how we feel in the moment. And that last part is kind of the key. When we negotiate with ourselves, we're asking our momentary feelings to weigh in and help guide our actions, right? And we all do it. I mean, don't don't feel horrible about this. I do it too. Sometimes it happens fast and doesn't require very much negotiation. Like suddenly when someone hands you a bowl of ice cream, you're like, oh, oh, okay, I guess here we go. I'm eating ice cream. <laughs> but sometimes the negotiation is a is a bigger process. Like When you're laying in bed at 5.30 in the morning, knowing you need to get up to work out and every single piece of excuse is coming into your brain and you lay there for a while debating with yourself whether you're going to do it and actually follow through. You sit there negotiating. But here's an interesting thought that I was thinking about just the other day. When did the very first ever negotiation take place? This is fascinating. If you think all the way, all the way back to the beginning, that very first negotiation took place in the garden. Adam and Eve, they were given healthy guidelines to follow. You know, guidelines that would help them thrive and feel their best and lead them in the path of righteousness. But temptation crept in, in the form of the serpent, right? Satan soothed them with comforting words and thoughts. And he, in fact, he enticed them with food. (laughs) He enticed them with food that was pleasing to the eye. And then they sat there and they kind of negotiated about it back and forth. And they ended up striking a deal, right? And I'll read to you out of Genesis 3, 4 through 7. It says this, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? You know, he's planting that doubt there. Hmm, is that actually the thing that's going to be healthy for you? And the woman said to the serpent, Well, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will, you certainly won't die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. There's that temptation, right? When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, 
She took some and ate it. You know, those are all the excuses that come out. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They had this moment of what did we do? So what would have happened if she had declared after deciding in her heart ahead of time what was healthy and best? That this fruit, this fruit was not even up for negotiation or debate. If the option of eating that was entirely non-negotiable, well, the outcome would have been completely different, right? All right, then. So this is going to be a very simple question for you. (laughs) What does it mean when something is non-negotiable? Obviously, It means that that something, it's just not up for debate or discussion. There's no negotiations, there's no excuses or any deviations from the plan, regardless of how you may feel or how tempting it sounds. So it's like me saying to my son, Calvin, no, you cannot have ice cream tonight and I'm not even going to entertain any negotiations. The answer, it's just a firm no, don't even bring it up again. I'm not even going to debate this with you. Or it would be like Eve in that moment saying to the devil, no, I've been told by God and I know and trust what is right and healthy for me. And eating this fruit is not even up for debate. So no matter how much you try to tempt me, we're not even discussing this. So that's essentially what non-negotiable means. It just means that we're not even going to entertain a discussion. And I think here's where we go wrong. Many of our self-care habits are, in fact, open to discussion or debate or negotiation in our mind. You know, we decide or we commit to working out a certain number of times a week or eating a particular way. And some, for some reason in our mind, we have let the options remain open for negotiation. We leave it open to debate. And the moment we crack that door open, even a little bit, it's going to fling open wide and all of your excuses are going to rush through, making that door extremely difficult to close again. And what I mean by that is the moment you open the door to debate, let's say you you negotiate yourself out of a workout even one time, you listen to an excuse, you have that internal discussion, And you say, okay, maybe this time I'm going to skip it. The moment you do that, that door is now shoved open even further. And every time you show up to a workout, it's far easier for those excuses to rush through. And it's far more difficult to close that door again and make that workout non-negotiable. And we see this in our life. We see that in the fact that we can fall off the wagon, right? We've talked about that a lot recently of the moment you open that door, it's like, okay, now I've created this habit of debating with myself whether or not I'm going to do it. And so each time you come up against that self-care habit that you know you should be doing, you know it's the right thing to do, you, you realize that your MO is now, well, I can kind of negotiate with myself. I can listen to my discussion in my mind. I can pull others into this picture and I can talk myself out of it. But I want you to recognize that you 
you do actually have quite a few self-care habits that are non-negotiable. You know that, right? You do them whether you feel like it or not. You probably never even think about discussing them. In fact, they're probably pretty automatic. And these are things like brushing your teeth. (laughs) I mean, I know with my kids, they think this is up for discussion or debate. And for some reason, we seem to continue to have this same debate every single morning and night, the same negotiation process. But hopefully by now, as an adult, you don't discuss this anymore. You don't negotiate it. You are mature enough now that you just brush your teeth. It's not open for discussion. I think another thing is just brushing your hair. As a woman, I'm sure you have hair that needs to be brushed. That is self-care. That is a habit that requires action, and that's not really up for debate. Probably, hopefully, in your mind. I think sleeping at night is another one that, you know, whether or not we go to bed at a good, decent time, I think that going to sleep at night is probably non-negotiable in your mind. You want to do it no matter what, right? Taking a shower, at least sometimes, is probably non-negotiable. Eating food each day, that's that's something you have to do to take care of yourself, whether or not you're picking the right foods, but just putting food in your mouth, stopping what you're doing and selecting a meal That's non-negotiable in your mind. That's not really up for debate. Like, oh, should I eat today? I wonder if I should discuss this in my mind. Other self-care things are things like trimming your fingernails or shaving your legs. Although I have to say that one is up for debate frequently (laughs) at my house (laughs) with myself. (laughs) So I think just recognizing like, okay, you do have a whole handful of self-care habits that you are treating as non-negotiable. You have put them, you you have decided to put them in a category that they're not up for debate. Like whether you want to do that or not, like you you have to do it. You just, you do it because you know that that's proper self-care. So I think the question then is how can we make other, maybe perhaps more challenging self-care habits non-negotiable? Because I'll admit, like doing a workout at 5.30 in the morning is a heck of a lot more difficult than brushing your hair, right? So that's the, that's the challenge is how do we make the more difficult self-care habits in, fall into that same category? How do we treat them with the same amount of importance and, and give them the same level of weightiness as these other self-care habits that we simply do not give them any room for debate. The first thing I want you to do in making your certain self-care habits non-negotiable, first thing I want you to do is to really just step back and analyze the self-care habits that really do make you feel your best. What habits always make your body feel great when you do them? And and not like a momentary pleasure or satisfaction, like I feel really great when I have a bowl of ice cream. No, but that feeling of like deep health, like you did something really good and important for yourself. Step back and analyze what those habits are. Those things that lead to you feeling your absolute best. And here's a good list of maybe some ideas that they might be for you. So maybe going to bed before 11 o'clock at night. 
maybe taking a shower every single day. (laughs) Maybe that's really, really important to you. And if you make sure that you do that, you feel your best. Perhaps it's doing a strength training session every other day or maybe a specific number of times per week. Like maybe doing two strength training or weightlifting sessions a week is is how you really do feel your best. Perhaps it's maybe like doing yoga once a week or going on a walk every day. Maybe you know that, okay, if I carve out time to just go for a 15-minute walk each day, I feel my best. Perhaps on the nutrition front, it's just not skipping any meals or eating your pros, having that protein and produce with every single meal. You feel really good when you do that. Perhaps it's having only one splurge a day and you recognize like, okay, one splurge a day, I can still feel pretty good. I might be kind of struggling to make progress, but I feel good. It's when I go and, and kind of open those doors and allow myself to listen to every excuse and have like three or four splurges a day, that's when I know I really just don't feel my best. I don't feel good. Perhaps another thing that makes you feel really good is just doing some stretches before you climb into bed or hopping on your foam roller and doing like a short dynamic flow. Maybe it's getting up early to read your Bible in a quiet room and do your devotions uninterrupted. Perhaps it's something like just taking a nap every afternoon or just stopping and taking a break, you know, when the kids are taking a break or whatever. So step back and analyze which self-care habits really make you feel your best, okay? And then the next thing I want you to do is I want you to whittle your list down to three or five habits so that you're not overwhelmed. Because I'm sure you heard that list that I just said, and you probably thought, well, yeah, I want to be doing all of those things. Those all sound great. I feel like if I I was doing all of it, I would feel really, really good. I want to put all of those things on my list. But you need to be choosy here. You've got to really prioritize because the reality is you can't have that many things non-negotiable. You can't have that many things that are you know, the first priority. Things have to be prioritized, okay? So for me, I'll give you some good examples of what my top five things are. So my, so these are my top five like non-negotiable self-care habits. For me, it's going to bed by 10 o'clock on a weekday and then usually by 11 o'clock on the weekend. If I try to stay up till midnight, even on a weekend, I'm, I, I can try But I'm a mess the next day. So usually 10 o'clock on a weekday, 11 o'clock on the weekend. That's like a really important self-care habit for me. It's really not up for debate. Another one on my list is for me, it's strength training every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Or at least, you know, sometimes things get shifted, but I make it a re it's, it's not up for debate that I am going to strength train three times a week, no matter what. So this week I strength trained Monday, Thursday, and Saturday. So I had something going on on Wednesday that I couldn't make it happen. So I just shifted things over by a day. Not a big deal. And then I try to do some sort of lighter intensity training on the in-between days like yoga or I'll go snowboarding or I'll ride my horse. Okay, so something that's not weightlifting, but it's still intentionally active. And then another thing that is really it's simply non-negotiable in my mind is that I eat pros with every single meal. 
If it's a breakfast, if it's lunch, if it's dinner, if it's a snack, I have protein, I have produce. It's simply not up for discussion. Another thing that I do that is not up for debate, I do not negotiate this. I get up early to read my Bible every day of the week, even Saturdays, even Sundays. Um, I, I make that happen. I have to start my day focused and um, just get my heart in the right place and put my priorities right where they need to be. And then finally, the last non-negotiable self-care habit that I have is that every afternoon, I prioritize just taking a break. Usually it's around two o'clock or three o'clock, but I just shut my computer. I head out to the living room. I grab my book. I make a cup of tea and I read my book for a little bit. And I usually will take a little nap and, and then I close the book and I go back to work for a little while. But I take that break every single afternoon because I know that that makes me feel really good. So those are my top five non-negotiable self-care habits. And I know that for me personally, if each of these things happen daily and and weekly, you know, on a weekly basis, my body really does feel healthy and strong. So make sure that your short list of non-negotiables are actually realistic things. Everything I listed are things that are realistic for me. I, it wouldn't make any sense for you to put on your list or even for me to put on my list, make a homemade dinner every single weeknight if, if you've never been able to do that in your life. We usually like to eat out once or twice a week, and so it would make zero sense to put that on my non-negotiable self-care list. So don't try to put like these big lofty expectations on your list of things that are not up for debate, Okay. So once you have that list of three to five non-negotiable self-care habits, I want you to make a stand. Set your stake in the ground with these specific habits and say in your heart, these things simply are not up for debate. No excuse can derail me from these habits. Say in your heart, these things simply are not up for debate. No excuse can derail me from these habits. And I mean, perhaps like time frames or your methods can be flexible a little bit, like when you actually get that workout done or what that workout looks like. You know, for me, things shifted over by a day this week, but whether or not it happens at all, it's, it's not up for discussion. It's non-negotiable. So I want to show you that, okay, yeah, I gave you some good examples of, of what that looks like in my life, but I know it's helpful for what it might look like in in another mom's life too, because I want you to see that you can do this too. This is not hard to do. And it made me think of this because in fact, just recently I had a coaching session with my friend Liz, who you may actually know, she's the moderator in the Strong Mama Squad Facebook group. She is um, a registered dietitian. She's this phenomenal mom that helps me out with so many things. But you know, she helps me, I help her. We kind of have a great synergistic relationship. She's so awesome. But we were talking about having some non-negotiable self-care habits so that things can feel really clear and that she won't get easily derailed. And then after spending some time brainstorming her five non-negotiables, she came up with a pretty awesome list. 
Her top non-negotiable was wake up at 6 a.m. every day for coffee and quiet time. I love that. Her second thing on the list was eat breakfast, lunch, snack, and dinner every day, including produce, protein, and healthy fats, and have only one starchy carb per day. So that kind of outlines how her eating habits will look like every day, not up for debate. Her other non-negotiable was exercise every weekday at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. That was just a crystal clear plan. Whatever that exercise actually looks like can change, but for her, it's just not up for debate. And then her fourth thing on her list is manage her stress throughout the day through prayer and meditation and yoga and deep breathing and just taking those rest breaks, kind of like I take that afternoon break. And then her final thing is read and relax at 9 o'clock at night and then lights out at 10 o'clock every night. So it's simple, right? But it's very clear. There's no question about what she needs to do each day to feel her best. And these are the five things that no excuse or temptation or negotiation can derail. These things are simply not up for debate. So the big idea here is that you need to move some of your healthy habits into the non-negotiable category. Stop hemming and hawing and allowing your feelings and excuses to sabotage your efforts. Make a select few habits just completely non-negotiable and then put your stake in the ground. Follow through with them and just watch how awesome you'll end up feeling. All right, friend, that is it for today. So now what I want you to do, I want you to go grab a piece of paper and just brain through some of your non-negotiables. You might start with a long list and then I want you to whittle it down to three or five and that might be hard for you to do, but do it, okay? Once you have your list of non-negotiables, those things that you know that you need to do each day to feel your absolute best, Feel free to post them on Instagram or Facebook and even tag me in them. You can tag me at strong underscore mamas on Instagram or just at strong mamas, all one word on Facebook so that I can see what you came up with. I would love to celebrate with you and just kind of cheer you on in that. Okay. Okay, friend, that's it. And I cannot wait to have you back here next week. And until then, stay strong.